0: Mm. coffee break where helena comes to talk starting off coffee break and really filling up the bulk of the show we've got drenda Neiman on she's the lewis and clark county health officer drenda how are you
1: i'm great thanks how are you this morning
0: i'm doing pretty good i'm real glad we were able to uh, pry you away You've, you've been real busy but i guess maybe not quite so busy lately which is a good thing
1: yeah, it seems that our our time is being spent more on the vaccination distribution and administration rather than case investigation, which is an excellent sign we're moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah, things here in Lewis and Clark County and really, I mean, across the state, everything's trending in the right way, isn't it?
1: It is. The numbers, the case count is going down nicely. Um, we do want to warn the, the listeners that um, it wouldn't take much at all for those numbers to go back in the wrong direction if we're not careful. So continuing to do all the things we know work um, is going to be really important right now as we um, continue to vaccinate the public as quickly as we can.
0: Right. Well, so this is something that we can expect will continue assuming, I mean, obviously, you know, that weird things happen and there, there there's bumps, but in general, it seems like this is something that is uh, it, it's maintaining the the downward trend is maintaining. Do we expect that to continue into the spring and the summer?
1: Yeah, the we have a really nice downward trend right now here in Lewis and Clark County. We have reached about fifteen point eight daily new cases per one hundred thousand population. So that's an incidence. Um, Number that we look at every week to see how we're doing, and that has come down really nicely from the beginning of December, which was our highest rate at 124 daily new cases per 100,000. So, yes, we are in a very um, different place, a much better place today than we were back in the end of November, first part of December.
0: So, in Um, terms again, Uh, go ahead, Brenda.
1: I was just going to say, again, the the trick is we have to maintain our actions. Mm-hmm. Um, our human behavior will absolutely impact those numbers if we're not careful.
0: Yeah. So in terms of COVID in our community, what is it? I mean, like you said, there are potential variables there. Things can change. But if we follow the trend, what are we looking at in Helena in the next you know week, two weeks, next month? I mean, how, how quickly is this going to sort of drop off?
1: Well, right now our trend is starting to level off, and so I anticipate that we'll continue to see cases until we get to a point in our community where the majority of residents are fully vaccinated. And so um, we, I believe that even through summer and into early fall, we'll still see cases in our county. Okay. Um, I just, I really think that the case count will, will continue to stay low, and hopefully stable um, for our, you know, for our sake, especially in um, public health as our staff are really stretched then with doing all of the work associated with case investigation as well as the vaccine work. So. Um, I do hope that those rates stay low, but um, it really does it really does matter what we choose to do every day.
0: Yeah. Lewis and Clark County Health Officer Dr. Neiman with us on Coffee Break today. And the the county uses kind of a I guess it's a math equation to kind of figure out what restrictions, if any, are put into place. It sounds like we're on the edge of that changing again. Can you explain how that works and, and what we're looking at there?
1: Yeah, we have a decision-making dashboard. It's public-facing on our website. And we look at a whole variety of criteria on a weekly basis, so everything from health department capacity, health care system capacity, testing, case investigation, uh, disease surveillance, and community compliance. And depending on how we're doing in each of those criteria, um, there is a score associated. And so, the last two-week average we're setting at about we're setting at 19.5, which is a really good score um, according to our local rules and regulations that were was adopted by the Board of Health last December. If we fall below 18, a score of 18, then essentially there are no restrictions, with ex- exception of the mask requirement. And so we're very close to a place in our community where things are looking really good and um, we can lift restrictions and we'll see that happen um, not this week but probably next week. We'll, we'll see that score drop below 18 and uh, the, the restrictions that are in place for bars, breweries, restaurants, casinos, distilleries, and gyms. Um, as well as events will lift Um, and again the mask requirement will will remain in place as long as the emergency declaration is in place
0: okay so right now and we recently moved to later closing times more folks allowed in a business that sort of thing and if we get low enough that all goes away usually that number comes out when it would be friday i guess
1: Yes. Yeah. We calculate typically on Thursdays um, as we communicate with our um, community partners and our neighboring counties. And then Friday is the day we typically do the announcement of what our score is and if there's any changes to the restrictions.
0: Okay. So this week it's looking like we're probably going to be closer, but not quite there. And and, and next week, hopefully, fingers crossed, you get to make a nice announcement.
1: Yes. Yeah. We are looking at it at, uh, um, at, Two weeks at a time. Um, We know that the incubation period for the virus is is 14 days and so we we would really be remiss if we were making decisions on a a time frame that's any shorter than that 14 days. It really does take two weeks to a month to understand what the virus is doing in our community.
0: And you said, Dranda, not the masks. The masks will stay in place regardless of of that score. Um, Mm -hmm. When when would that potentially change?
1: So yes, um, the Board of Health last Thursday chose to keep the mask requirement in place regardless of score, and that's because that is one of the few tools that we have uh, left, really, to combat the spread of the virus. And we know there are variants that are um, not yet identified in Montana, but definitely in all of the surrounding states. We know throughout the United States we're dealing with um, these variants, and the variants are showing to be um, more transmissible so it uh, more contagious. It moves more quickly through a community. Um, and potentially more severe as far as the illness that results from that that virus. And so we need to maintain the um, public health precautions that we know work, and we know that masks work. And so we will keep that mask requirement in place as long as we're under the emergency declaration here at the local level, state level, and federal level. Okay.
0: Lewis and Clark County Health Officer Drenda Neiman with us on Coffee Break today. And Drenda schools are going to be back in Session 40 Days a week across the city soon. It's already it's it's starting. It's ramping up. Uh, do you anticipate any changes in in our numbers as a result? You talked about you know things we do can obviously impact. I mean, I think we've seen schools as a whole have not been a source of transmission so far, but that's also been with limited class sizes, and that's now changing.
1: It is, yeah. Last week the school started to um, slowly transition students back to four days a week. Uh, we will see. Um, the remaining elementary classes happen this week. Middle schools will go back to uh, 40 this week, and then the following week will be the high schools. <clears throat> and it's likely that we will see cases associated with that, um, although the, the schools are working really hard um, to use a multi-factor or multi-strategy approach to make sure that the, that any transmission within that school setting is minimal. So again, masks are required. They are going to um, do. They are going to do everything they can to separate students during uh, lunchtime, so that when they do take the mask off, that six feet distance is maintained, and um, that's really important when the mask comes off. That that six feet is, is in place. Otherwise, um, they'll probably be closer to you know three, two, three feet in mm-hmm. class with um, all the cl- all the students back in the classroom again. They are—they're adding plexiglass, which is shown to be a nice barrier in between students to keep that um, any any <coughs> excuse me any um, aerosolized uh, particulates from um, kind of going from one student to another, um, and of course all of the sanitary uh, sanitizing protocols that they've had in place they'll continue and ramp up. Um, Sanitizing and then also hand washing. So they have a, a really, um, really thoughtful and um, <clears throat> multi-strategy approach that they're using, and I think that that will really help. Uh, we will continue to monitor the situation and advise the school district as we see, um, as we see things happen within the district as well as the community. So at this point, we will um, we're moving into a more a monitoring and surveillance mode. And uh, we'll see what happens. Again, it it will be pretty heavily dependent on choices people make with their everyday actions and behaviors.
0: Yeah. So even it sounds like even if uh, cases don't necessarily increase, we may get an increase in, in just quarantines just because of there being more close contact in those classrooms.
1: That's absolutely right, so the definition of a close contact is um, exposure to a known case 48 hours before their symptoms start um, and within six feet. And so um, those two elements are really important. And so regardless of mask, um, if if students are within six feet of each other and they're exposed within that 48-hour window, then um, we will see we will see more um, quarantines come, exposures. Uh, so we quarantine anybody that's been exposed, and we monitor to see if they too will exhibit symptoms and um, contract the disease itself. And so we um, we definitely will, uh, you know, as a health department and our staff here, be working really closely with the school nurses to uh, um, do a good job of identifying the students that need to quarantine.
0: Okay, and then how does days. that work, Trent? Is that that's ten days now? Is that what we've moved to
1: yes yeah because we're able to do comprehensive contact tracing which means we are in touch with every single close contact um, we we have moved to that 10-day quarantine 14 day of course is gold standard the CDC continues to say um, the the most protection and the best approach is going to be those 14 days and so after 10 days what we'll do is ask the individual to continue to monitoring for symptoms between 10 and 14 days. So even though they're able to go back to school or go back to work, um, we're still asking for active monitoring for those last four days to make okay. sure that um, symptoms don't arise at that time.
0: Right. Lewis and Clark County Health Officer is- Drenda Neiman with us on Coffee Break today. And Drenda, uh, uh, as vaccines are becoming more widely distributed, what if you're a contact but you've gotten that vaccine? Are you off the hook then for the for the quarantine?
1: So, fully vaccinated, yes. Okay. Um And if you have had, if you've had the disease, you have natural antibodies. And um, what we're seeing is protection up to 90 days at this time. And so, if you've been um, uh, diagnosed with COVID um, within the last 90 days and you come in close contact and you're identified as a close contact, you will not be quarantined. So, there are a couple of instances where you are off the hook. Okay. So...
0: Well, in that vaccine, uh, the governor has announced uh, that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is on the way to Montana. Quite a few of those doses ending up here, actually, and uh, 500 of them in Lewis and clark County. How will those be distributed? Because that's one of those, it's, it's a one-shot deal. So does that change how you're looking at distributing those particular shots?
1: Yes, um, we are receiving 500 Johnson & Johnson next week, and so we've added an additional clinic is what we've done. And so we will continue to do Pfizer clinics, which is the two-shot vaccination next week on Tuesday and Wednesday, and the Johnson & Johnson clinic will be on Monday. And so this Friday the registration for those clinics will open at 9 a.m. on our um, COVID hub where the link is to register. You have to have an appointment in order to get your vaccine on any of those three days next week.
0: Okay. And so then then people can pick whichever one they want then?
1: They can. Yeah. They can register for either the Monday Johnson and Johnson clinic or the Tuesday or Wednesday Pfizer clinic. We're able to do... um, over the course of the two days for Pfizer 900 vaccinations and then again the 500 for Johnson and Johnson next week. So you do have the ability to choose which day which essentially gives you the opportunity to choose which vaccine.
0: Yeah. Lewis and Clark County Health Officer Drennan Neiman with us on Coffee Break. Uh, We're going to take about another five minutes of her morning from her today and uh, the vaccine distribution disrupted a little bit because of weather. Is that it sounds like that's all back on track now?
1: It is. We um, definitely have received the, the vaccines, and we didn't have to postpone or cancel any of our clinics, thank goodness. So uh, we did not get disrupted too badly. I know that some other counties had to postpone and wait for their vaccine to show up. So um, I was really grateful that we didn't have, we weren't in that situation here in Lewis and Clark. We were able to to move forward. Um, we're we're getting close to, if not exceeded, twenty thousand shots in Lewis and Clark County, and so um, we're just doing a really great job in um, getting those those administered, those shots administered as quickly as we get the vaccine into our community.
0: Yeah. And people still need to go online in order to set up an appointment for those vaccines. They do that at the county's, uh, at the county health website now?
1: Yes. So if you go to Lewis and Clark Public Health website, look for the COVID hub, COVID-19 hub, and that will take you directly to the vaccine information page where there um, is, will be Friday morning at 9 a.m., a link to register. And then we also have ex, um, expanded eligibility starting next week. So based on the governor's mm-hmm. announcement yesterday. Yeah.
0: So if people so, do manage to get a slot, Adrena, what do they need to be sure that they bring with them to make sure that it's sort of a smooth and orderly process?
1: Yeah, so proof of residency because you have to be a Lewis and Clark resident in order to be vaccinated in our county. And um, pr- it, so that's essentially it, is proof of residency and your um, your appointment. So if you, you know, you'll get the confirmation on your phone um, or your tablet if you're um, registering online. So, and all three of those still there. out
0: at the fairgrounds?
1: Next yes. Week? yes we are yep we're continuing to work at the fairgrounds at this time um, we're planning for expansion to an additional location but that is not happening quite yet sure so next week all three all uh, so all three first dose clinics as well as the two second dose clinics that will happen on um, Thursday and Friday next week are all at the fairgrounds
0: okay Drenda any uh, any parting words for us this morning
1: so I um, just a couple things that I think are really important. Um, all of the eligibility requ- uh, requirements for the um, vaccine clinics next week are posted on our hub. Please do read carefully to make sure that you are eligible at this time and then get registered on Friday morning. And then secondly, please continue to wear your mask and keep your distance. Uh, Avoid those group gatherings and wash your hands, sanitize your surfaces, because we do not want to see our cases rise back up again in the middle of our um, vaccine efforts. And so we still need everyone's help to stay vigilant, um, stay strong, and, um, and we'll get through this together. I anticipate by the end of summer, first part of fall, um, we'll be living in a little bit more normalcy than we are now.
0: Yeah. Well, and the the good news, if we if we want sort of a, a sidecar on all this, I actually was talking with a, a specialist out at St. Pete's yesterday, and uh, he said, cases of flu, we're not seeing them. There's none. So right. this is all actually helping with the flu as well. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Lewis and Clark County Health Officer yeah. Drenda Neiman with us on Coffee Break today. Drenda, thanks so much for the time.
1: Thank you, and have a wonderful day.
0: Thank you so much. Stick around. We've got a little bit more Coffee Break coming up after this. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by CoffeeBreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break where Helena comes to talk. Welcome back into Coffee Break. It's brought to you by Versant Real Estate Group. Finding the perfect buyer for your home doesn't have to be daunting. Call David F. Versant, 459-8565. And we're finishing out the show today with Bruce Day from Helena Food Share. Bruce, how are you? I'm good, Troy. Good morning. I, I, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you taking a few minutes. Are, are things still pretty busy down there at Foodshare? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know... Um, have a lot of people
2: coming in uh every day uh that we're open to get some food and um not quite as busy as we were in november december but
0: definitely still um a lot of need and a lot of people coming in yeah i mean when we talk about hunger and food insecurity certainly something that's real in our community i think the number i've i've seen is around one in seven people is that right yeah that's what we um believe you know we're serving about one in
2: seven people in the in the Helena area and um, continue to see the need just uh, remain high and also seeing a lot of new households signing up, new families coming in um, every month at a pretty high rate. So um, people are in need of food and, you know, we're we're focusing right now on, on um, some work with Kid Packs that we're doing on our Kid Pack
0: campaign. Yeah, explain and, what that's about, Bruce, because for people that maybe haven't heard Kid Packs before sure so we have a
2: program uh, it's called kid packs and we work with the school districts in the helena area and head start We're, um we put together a healthy uh try to make it a healthy pack of snack foods that kids are able to take with them and have at home on weekends and you know kids who are facing hunger dealing with hunger may not always know where their next meal is coming from and there are a lot unfortunately um having something over the weekend you know when they're most at risk um is really important and so that's the kid pack program um we're di- we're working with all the schools in the local area um and distributing you know on the range of a thousand kid packs a week right now and so um, to that end, you know, we have a, a campaign right now that we're doing uh, to try to raise um, funds for uh, 10,000 kid packs to finish out our school year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And typically you have a campaign where folks can help you out with that um, right now. we're But we're, we're not foot, putting food out on the porches, are we? Right.
2: We're not doing the food on the porches doorsteps campaign this year um, because, you know, we don't have the the, the AmeriCorps workers aren't here for their convention or conference um, as it would have been in the past due to COVID and we're not collecting uh, food items actively right now. So we're just really focusing on helping uh, raise funds to give us the money that we need to buy the foods that go into the kid packs.
0: Bruce Day from Helena Food Chair with us to finish out the show today. And uh, we are working on helping out build those kid packs that uh, revamped COVID tinted campaign it's uh it's started now that's running through the month right
2: it's running through the month whole month of march um yeah and you know each kid pack uh costs about four dollars and 85 cents it's got a good supply of uh you know a mix of good healthy snacks and other snacks that uh, kids can rely on and so you know at four dollars and 85 cents a kid pack if you can donate forty eight fifty, you know you're going to Kid packs into the hands of ten kids, and and so on. Yeah, any amount would help.
0: Yeah. So what? How can Helena help? Like, What? What can we do? How do we do that?
2: Sure. The best thing uh, probably would be to go to our website, HelenaFoodShare.org dot org, and uh, just look for the link there to uh, donate to the Kid Packs program. Uh, you can also call us at Helena Food Share four four three three six six three, and um, you know donate over the phone or put a check in the mail there are a number
0: of ways you can help out yeah and the goal is 10,000 kid packs by the end of the year and that's a big number but you're not building up a surplus here i mean this is this is stuff that's going to get used it's going to get
2: used and that'll put us through the rest of the school year you know um so yeah it's it's not we're not building up a surplus on that
0: yeah Yeah, so the Kid Pack program uh, vitally important here in the Helena community. I mean, as we've said, one in seven people uh, experiencing food insecurity or hunger, and my guess is that the number, just because of the way everything works, kids probably the. The number is probably bigger for kids, isn't it? It is, yeah,
2: Troy, and that's a good point. We uh, think it's about one in five kids in the Greater Helena area that struggle with hunger or food insecurity. Um, We know that we're putting out about uh, enough kid packs for about 20% of, of kids who are enrolled in in elementary or preschools in the Helena
0: area. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a, a real need and something that uh, everybody can help out. in. And we talk so many times when we talk with nonprofits that, you know, uh, $5, $10 is a big deal here. It, it certainly is. $5 takes care of one weekend for, a, for a kiddo in our community. That's a, that's a big thing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, every little bit helps and, you know, um, every time you uh, donate that five bucks, you know, one kid is going to have uh, that security knowing that they have something to get them through the weekend.
0: Yeah. Uh, Bruce, we have about two minutes left. Um, okay. Just in terms of uh, availability, if it's not just the kiddos, if somebody's listening going, Hey, you know, you're talking about people that are uh, experiencing food insecurity, that's me. How do they get help through fu- uh, food share?" <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the
2: first thing I would stress is, uh, yeah, no need to, uh, you know everybody's welcome at helena food share anyone who has that need you know is all of a sudden finding themselves um i can't put up food on my table i don't have the money now to get through the rest of the month you know just look us up uh call us um i gave the website earlier helena org. but we're open um we have a pantry at Lewis street here in helena and in east helena we have a pantry um it's open two days a week. Uh, our hours are listed on our website. You can come down and you can get a good supply of food that will help get you through at least, you know, probably a couple of weeks. Um, so it's right now we're serving people with a sort of a grab and go cart full of, you know, foods that would include, you know, canned goods, um, but also fresh product, milk, eggs, um, some meats, you know, so, um, People who find themselves in that with that need can definitely um, find some help at Helena Food Share and uh, with a welcome and uh, be treated
0: with great respect. Yeah, any anybody can use that, and it's it's not is something that anybody needs to hang their head about or uh, be ashamed of because that's that's what food shares are there for. That's what Helena is all about. Is. Uh, yeah. Putting a hand out and uh, helping people up. So Bruce, we're uh, we're unfortunately all out of time, but uh, yeah. people get online, check out Food Share, um, see how you can help, and uh, definitely get online and donate uh, once you can five or ten bucks for the Kid Packs program. Bruce, thanks so much this morning. Thank you, Troy. That's all the time we have for coffee break, but we'll see you back around here again tomorrow. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for coffee break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by CoffeeBreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.